0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Olympia LaPointe. Note her name if you're just hearing it for the first time. She is a rocket scientist. She will tell you, though, that she failed math and science until the 11th grade and then at university graduated fifth in her class of thousands. She was the youngest scientist hired by Boeing at age 21, and in 2004 she was the recipient of the Boeing Professional Excellence Award. She's an author and has a must-listen-to TED Talk, Reprogramming Your Brain to Overcome Fear. And I'm so grateful that she's joining us here this morning. Olympia Lapointe, good morning, and thank you so, so greatly for being with us this morning. Oh, it's
1: my pleasure to be with you.
0: Really, we are so fortunate. I look at you in awe and I'm am just amazed at. Uh, here's the term rocket scientist. I'm actually speaking with a rocket scientist. It seems highly unlikely, but here you are, and you are just uh, feeling like a regular person. But you're really quite extraordinary, and I appreciate uh, that you're with us to inspire us and give us some ideas on. What we might do to uh, follow in your footsteps in the sense of really achieving our dreams.
1: Well, thank you so much for asking that question. And I'm so thankful to share. It's almost like a formula for success, for people to do well in their lives. And it's always not the straight path that you think that's going to happen. And that's what happened in my life. Uh, I was very fortunate. I had the opportunity to help launch with a great team of people, 28 missions to space through the space shuttle program uh, here in the United States. And I was very instrumental in helping people understand the technical parts of the the science so we could launch uh, successfully. But people are shocked. Uh, Even though I wrote my book, uh, Mathophobia, and, and did my TED Talk, People are usually shocked when they find out that I had such a very difficult childhood growing up and getting to that point that people don't realize the value of faith. And I say that specifically because of my case. I was born and I was in a impoverished neighborhood with very little education. And uh, my mother found a way for her to bus me to a school that was two hours away so I can get a quality education and it was very challenging and I ended up failing algebra and geometry and calculus <laughs> and, and it wasn't until a teacher helped me and sat down with me and tutored me that I realized I had a brain that was what I brought to the world and everyone one of us had this gift of thinking and our thoughts and our actions coupled with our thoughts that we bring to this world. And it was that teacher that showed me the power of my own thoughts towards myself and my own success. Well, I was later able to overcome my fear of mathophobia, my fear of math, which I call mathophobia, and that allowed me to be able to move forward in mathematics. Later on, uh, becoming one of the top uh, graduates uh, top five graduates out of the 6,500 graduating class from Cal State Northridge, and which later, later landed me a job at um, the Boeing Company where I launched Rockets. But I, I had these paths of these crooks and turns because I failed. I failed uh, courses. I, I didn't have income to go and do the things that I need to do with an education. And it was uh, this idea of failure was not an option. It was the idea that failure was not an option. Uh, to me, what I learned in my life is that when I go through really tough situations, uh, failure is, there's, there's not a sense of failure. When failures happen, it's really a way to point you in the direction that you need to go that may get you there faster than what you were originally anticipating.
0: So what is so interesting about that, if we could really put that in a capsule and and be able to internalize it, is how is it that some people, like yourself, will take that attitude and say, failure's not an option, I am going to only use this to learn more, other people get devastated and decide to turn into themselves and cower in a corner?
1: Uh, that is really, really, really a deep question, and I am so happy you asked that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, it's it's interesting. Um, I I write something to both, and one of the articles I wrote about is the tria brain, which is the three sided brain. It's not just the left and the right, but it's actually the third side that I am presenting as a, a theory. And the third side is the faith sector, which allows someone to be able to see their future and see any future before it exists. I saw engineers uh, see beautiful designs of engines and technology before it even existed, and they, they saw this technology, they saw this invention, and they knew that they can bring it into the world, and it was because of that vision itself that they held on to it and they moved to it no matter what things were falling apart within the the test room, (laughs) no matter what was happening uh, within the calculations, how it wasn't working, they saw this beautiful invention and they decided that they were going to bring it into the world. We each have that ability inside of us that when we see ourselves doing something, we can bring that action into the world. Uh, for myself, I was six years old when I went to a, a Jet Propulsion Laboratory uh, mission room where they launched rockets, and I saw pictures of men launching rockets, and I saw this, these big TV screens on the wall, and I told myself, I want to be just like those men, and I, and I mentioned this in my TED Talk. It, and as I was, like, watching these pictures and everything, being six years old, I realized that I wanted to do that. And so I didn't realize that how powerful that image was in my own belief system and allowed me to move forward. It was that decision at that moment in time to be like that in my own life. Did that actually run in my subconscious mind continuously over and over and over and over again for me to see that? when I was going through all these types of issues and challenges and almost gave up, it was that moment of that belief system, that faith part of the brain that allowed me to have that almost like running as a background app. You know how you have apps on your phone and it's running in the background? Right. It was like, that, like that, that belief that was running in my brain as a background app <laughs> that never turned off. And and it was because of that belief system that I kept moving forward, not recognizing that was the reason I was moving forward, but I just kept moving forward because I knew I needed to move forward. And each time that we have this idea in our head, like I can see myself doing that. I can see myself being a business owner. I can see myself uh, opening up this school. I can see myself having children. I can see myself, whatever it is, you fill in the blank. When you see that, Hold on to it, grab it, run with it, and just cherish it with dear life because as things come about, there's different ways to get there, but your job is to get there.
0: And in your case, as you were struggling in school, from what I understand, you had a teacher though who really was there to support you encourage you did she observe this is that what happened did she see that you were really wanting something but you were struggling
1: uh yes uh this teacher was phenomenal his name was mr provincio i still remember his name mr (laughs) provincio and uh I was taking, let's see, I took trigonometry. I did okay in trigonometry in 11th grade. In 12th grade, I took pre-calculus and then, no, I think it was calculus. I think I took calculus in 12th grade and I was not doing too well at all. And we had an AP calculus test that we had to take at the end of the semester. And he told everyone in the class, whoever wants to come for complimentary tutoring, you're welcome to come because... I'll come in and volunteer my time and help you for free. And I thought, wow, there's going to be a teacher actually helping us. Now, I came from uh, an impoverished childhood. We didn't have income for tutoring, let alone I had to borrow paper from people because I didn't even have the money to buy paper. That's how it was when I was going to school. And I thought to myself, wow, someone's actually going to offer. I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> and I remember catching the bus, actually borrowing thirty-five both ways to catch the bus two hours to sit with this man for just one hour a day. And when I first got there that first day, I looked around the room and I was the only person that showed up. Wow. And I thought, oh, I get to get all his answers for, and it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everyone just was in shock, like, wow, I don't have to wait. <laughs> I get answers. And I was just so excited that I could get the answers, and I didn't have to wait. And the next day, I showed up again. Yeah. Nobody was there. inside of myself no matter what I was going to get there for help Yes, I didn't realize how powerful that was until looking back 20, 20 years later that I made the decision that no matter what was going to happen I was going to get help and I didn't know that the other part of the equation was that there's always someone there willing to help me as, as well as anyone else if we seek it mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. And it may not come in a way that we think it would come, but it does. And, and for me, uh, it was that, des- that desire that I was going to get help so I could get this, this major goal accomplished. Whatever I was moving towards, I was going to get help. And there was somebody out there who was going to, to help me in a way that was going to be beneficial. And uh, he sat down with me. He showed me my own thinking. Uh, He showed me exactly uh, where I was making mistakes. He showed me foundational aspects within calculations of fractions and decimals and the meaning of derivatives and tangents. And uh, he spent time. He spent time. He invested time. And it showed me how I could invest in myself. It always showed me how to invest in myself. And uh, I, I ended up taking the AP calculus exam afterwards, and I ended up failing, <laughs> failing the test.
0: <laughs> and I laugh
1: about it now because I'm a rocket scientist, but I failed the AP calculus test, right? <laughs> and it was amazing because uh, it wasn't till it was probably like a good six to eight months that it actually clicked in my brain. It wasn't like immediate. Uh, it clicked in my brain And it wasn't until I had to take the class over again, in college, when I entered Cal State Northridge, did it finally click. And so sometimes there's a delay. (laughs) There's a learning curve, if you will. And it's okay. There's some things that we're going to get immediately and some things we're not going to get necessarily straight off. But we're going to eventually get it. And uh, that experience taught me how to study taught me how to invest myself and more importantly taught me how to show this math to other people and I was able to show the mathematics to over 10,000 students in group tutoring programs at California State University Northridge so I was so thankful to do that
0: wow incredible And what I get from that, too, it underscores what you said about really being able to see where you want to go. Because that opportunity to get the extra tutoring was there for everyone in your class. But only you chose it because you had your vision quite clear. You knew where you wanted to go. So there's that distinction.
1: That distinction, I believe, happens early in life. In my book, Mathophobia, I write about usually someone forms beliefs about themselves like around the age of six to eight, especially eight years old. By eight years old, someone really does this. And uh, I remember myself, when I was six years old, I went on a field trip. And I remember eight years old, I woke up in the middle of the night. It's interesting. I don't think I've ever shared this story. I remember waking up in the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep. And I thought to myself, what do I want to be in the future? And I wrote down on the piece of paper, every single thing that I saw myself doing in the future. And then I fell back asleep and I forgot that I wrote that on the paper. And it was like 25 years later when I was sitting down, launching rockets in the mission control room, did that flashback happen. And that's when I realized we set our intentions very early in life and And we continuously reset them. And we reset them as adults. And we either can enhance upon the original idea or we can remove it and replace it with an idea that's based from fear. And it's so fascinating. Most of us, if we are unaware of it, will let fear cripple our thoughts and will allow us to think that we are not as good as what we see ourselves becoming. And when at an early age, whatever it is that you're doing yourself doing, let's say a person wanted to become a dancer and be a a person that's seen all over the screen and be dancing and performing, and then she realizes that she can't become a dancer and she was never brought into the top schools to become a dancer, that dream still exists, but it exists in a different form. She may have seen herself out there dancing, but the dance may not have been physical. It may have been mental. She may be a person that's getting out there or supposed to get out there to be in front of people in a different way. That dream and that still intention still exist. It it may come in a different form and you have to figure out what do I have in my life right now to create that dream right now. So they still wanted to become a business owner, and they saw themselves owning a business and having all these people working for them in this company and being able to help people in this business, but they never had the investors to be able to help them. That dream of becoming an entrepreneur is still there, but it may be at a different type of way that people look at it. It may be creating something and having it being distributed to all these different places so they can watch the creation unfold with other people working on it in different companies and areas. I mean, things like that. Sometimes you're given an idea and a dream early on in life, but it's up to you to manifest it in a way in which it's brought into your life. And that is what I did with rocket science. I saw myself launching rockets. But I have to use these resources and people uh, people's help in the way of being able to move there. And there's still those things on that list. And my job is to accomplish them, but in the way in which my life is. So I'm very thankful to share this message.
0: It's such a critically important message. And we want to have parents, educators, really understand this, too, to nurture our children at a young age in whatever their dreams are, to encourage them. I think you're really underscoring that for us, Olympia.
1: Oh, yes, I am. Uh, if you are a parent, uh, find out what your child is really, really good at. Like, for example, I, I'm, I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent yet. Uh, but uh, my sister has a daughter, and she is my four-year-old niece, and she loves singing, she loves singing, and and she loves talking, and I realized to myself, I wonder where she gets this, from. she's, (laughs) 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 and I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, wow, she's like, she's like, so creative, and I, and so, obviously, my mother, and I, and, and my sister are all like, okay, how can we, cultivate that creativity. You know, how can we continuously uh, shine the light on that? Uh, if you're a parent, what is it that your child really loves doing? It's what your child loves doing is the key sign. Whatever they're passionate about is how to I- emphasize that. Uh, my mother saw that I was passionate about learning. So she found a ways to put me into different schools. She didn't know I wanted to, I never actually told my mother I wanted to be a rocket scientist ever. Did I tell her? I <laughs> <laughs> I just knew that. But she saw that I loved learning. And that's what allowed her to go through all the ends of the earth to try and do anything she could to place me into an environment where I could learn. Uh, If you are a teacher and you're seeing a student struggling, find out exactly what is in that person's life that makes them struggle. Are they catching the bus from far distances to come to school? Do they have more on their plate? Are they coming from a gang violence area? Like, that's the only thing that happened to me. Are they coming from an area that's very difficult and is coming to school their ability to just relax? (laughs) But then... Are the grades suffering from that? So find out from your people. Get to know the people that you teach. If you are a, a mentor or, or someone in the business area, what people can you bring underneath your wing to be able to show them the, the side of the business side, show them what it is that you do to be able to instill leadership qualities in people, we each have this ability to give back to the world in a way in which is so profound and is standing and staring right at us. But the question is, will we meet that opportunity? That is the question.
0: Yes. And so here's the inspiration, here's the challenge, or here's the encouragement to find where that is in our own life, in the life of those around us, and really move forward, feeling empowered to do that. And certainly, listening to you right now, Olympia, and you have your TED Talk that we can find, Reprogramming Your Brain to Overcome Fear, is a way to go back and listen to that and really, again, be re-inspired if we're kind of faltering, right?
1: Yes, all of us, every single one of us. It doesn't matter if you're a rocket scientist, if you are a clerk, it doesn't matter if you are a parent or an executive, it doesn't matter. Every single one of us battles fear. (laughs) Fear. And it is when that ability to envision ourselves at a beautiful place, fear comes in and it steals that from us. And it tricks us into thinking the worst case scenario in the future instead of the one in which we've envisioned. And so what fear does is it cripples our creative problem-solving capabilities. In the reptilian brain, fear fires off and it shuts down the frontal brain lobes from firing at the same time. It's like an off and on switch. When someone has fear, the frontal brain lobes completely stop working. And the frontal brain lobes are responsible not only in uh, translating a math problem into a solution, it's also translating... Your life into uh, walking in its purpose, <laughs> and it, it's amazing because what fear does is it stops us from moving forward, and it paralyzes us because it makes us think that safe part of our brain that will happen in the future, the bad part will come true, and that's not true. So. We always have been given a part of our brain that will allow us to overcome situations and allow us to be able to uh, manifest and create, just like those engineers, that beautiful invention, that beautiful design, that beautiful thing that we see. So in our lives, we can name our fear, we can reject our fear, and we can reprogram our brain with different thoughts. And that's what I share in the TED Talk. And I so encourage people to actually hear that message,
0: too. Absolutely. The other part of this that it's really hard not to find a connection with, but only because of the timing, the world now is aware of the movie and the history behind Hidden Figure. Were you aware of this history when you went into your studies?
1: Oh, wow. Uh, No. And I'm so thankful Hidden Figures was created because that opened up the history of what made it possible for me to become a rocket scientist as a woman of color in an environment that was completely different than myself the people that hired me it was a woman that hired me and i'm not quite sure if i could see her name on the air because we all work for a classified uh, environment <laughs> but she hired me and she knew about the woman i didn't she uh-huh. did And she was so instrumental in making sure that I was placed in a role where I could make a difference. And I'm so thankful for her and that history, because as I watched Hidden Figures and I watched the true life story of Katherine Johnson and and the other women who were instrumental in changing the history of our rocket science program here in the United States as being brilliant women of African-American descent. As I watched the movie, I was completely shocked because I went through the exact same situations as these ladies. And I remember my mouth dropped in, like, oh, oh my God, I went through that too. And then when there was one scene in that the woman was uh, speaking in front of a room of people and she was finally allowed to present the information, tears started rolling down my face because I realized I knew how she felt because I was in the exact same situation. Tears rolled down my face. And at that moment in time, I was so thankful, so thankful that I was able to make a difference in the way that I could 30 years later. And I'm so thankful that movie was made. I am so thankful that I am getting out there to share this message of keep going no matter what is in front of you. And I'm so thankful that the directors and and producers of Hidden Figure has publicized that movie so people can know the real history of what has happened here in the space launch business.
0: Absolutely. And then we have to feel incredulous that really it took 40 years for us to find this out. It was, they were really so hidden. It's... But yes, that's come to light. And you know, with your taking your time and having your passion, Olympia, to really want to share and encourage others, I think that you are such an incredible woman. And I think that shows your giftedness to want to share and encourage.
1: Yes, I believe knowledge is for everyone. And I'm a deeply spiritual person as well as scientific. And I believe that knowledge is a beautiful gift. I believe it is a holy gift to be able to share information. And uh, as we were talking about the hidden figures, individuals, their information took 40 years to come out. And I'm thankful I am here today as the modern day hidden figure to share information now. It's not going to take 40 years for it to come out with my life. And that's what I'm so excited about. It's going to come out now because This knowledge and this information of how we can use our brain, of overcoming obstacles, of understanding science, the technology, engineering, and mathematics, and moving forward in our lives is information and knowledge that we have here today. And I am just so excited to be able to share it so people can run with it. So it won't take 40 years, but it will take a few days. And I'm so excited because we are all in this together, which is sharing the information so all of us can move forward in the pathway that will allow all of us to be successful.
0: Yes, and you're making it so available. We can find the TED Talk. We have your book, Mathophobia, to help us along. And you're working on a new book as well.
1: Yes, Answers Unleashed. I have a talk show, Answers Unleashed. And I have my own personal story in my stories of science where I realized that our brain unleashes answers. If we understand how all of it is actually going to connect together, and uh, it is based on the idea of the trio brain, which is the three-sided brain. We have the left side of the brain that is very logical, the right side of the brain that's very artistic. Uh, I've now introduced a new concept, which is the central part of the brain, which I call the faith part of the brain, that allows us to be able to not only see the future, but connect our resources and creativity it with the science aspect to be able to invent things in the world. And the Answers Unleashed book helps anyone overcome challenges and reshape their brain in 30 days so they unleash their brain power to invent the life that they want. So I'm so excited to share this book out, and I share stories from my own past, stories from people that I have interviewed, brilliant people that I've interviewed, and I share about how we can actually look at our own situation and change it. And it all comes from changing our thinking. When we change our thinking, we literally change every single thing around us. And I'm excited because this is a new cutting-edge idea that actually stems from Einstein's theory of relativity. And I've applied it to the human brain and applied the mathematics that we launched rockets to Mars to the human brain and understanding how our thoughts carry energy and power to change our lives. And I'm so happy to introduce this book this year, and I look forward to people finding out more about it. And if they Google Answers Unleashed and go to the website AnswersUnleashed.com, they can find all sorts of really cool information about how you can change your thinking. We've created it almost like a PBS for the web, so people can understand how their brain works from other people's stories, from my stories, as well as from the book that's coming out.
0: What an incredible gift. We are truly, I think, overwhelmed with all this information and really blessed with the encouragement that you are sharing with us this morning, Olympia. Olympia LaPointe, you are an incredible woman, an incredible leader, and I thank you so greatly for your passion and for taking time with us this morning.
1: Oh, it has been my pleasure to be on your show. Thank you.
0: And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of inspirational women with Olympia LaPointe and Sunday Morning Magazine with Saida Hafiz, two great women helping us commemorate the life and legacy of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage, Click on the On Air tab, then Sunday mornings, and then look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of dreaming your great dreams and bring them to the world. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.